0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
1: The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now, I don't need to go to Mars. Because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. To get the Crime Riders on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca
2: Lavoy, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts, and this week... What happened between the evangelical leader, his wife, and the pool boy did not stay a secret. We'll look at the Wondery podcast on the Jerry Falwell Jr. scandal, In God We Lust. Then a woman in a Swedish Pentecostal congregation says she shot her neighbors to save her soul from damnation. Who was really behind the text messages that goaded her into murder? We'll review Pray, Obey, Kill on HBO. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, umpire Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. You're oh. <laughs> Also with us is author, private investigator, certified pet detective, and our resident cat lady, Laura
3: Bricker. Hello, Laura. Hello, Rebecca. And that's a cat. I mean, purring is purr, very yeah. appropriate. Right into yeah. the microphone. Nice job, Rocky Flintstone. Rocky Down. Flintstone's happy. He got to go outside on his leash and sit on a rock today. Rocky so. feels take, a little usurped you by Pippin. take
4: Rocky Flintstone out for a walk on a leash.
3: Do you not follow her on social
2: media?
4: I know. Not everybody does, but you might as well put it here on the record. You
5: walked your cat.
2: There's nothing wrong with that. Don't be doggists. Toby, you walk little foot a lot?
5: I once tried to put a, a leash on a cat and it started foaming at the mouth. And that's, that was the end of that.
4: <laughs> Like a hawk. Right?
2: Lara built an addition to her house made out of screens for her cats. You don't think she tries to walk her cats on leashes? What's, you
4: have a whole condominium for the cat. Why do you have to walk it in the neighborhood?
3: Well, because he used to go out before we were, like, infiltrated by all the coyotes. And mm. he really wants to go out and sit on his rock. But I don't want him to get eaten, so. Why don't you just teach him self-defense?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: cat condo. I'll tell you, my neighbor Dan is, like, not... Happy about... It. He came over one day and he goes, this is Cat obscene. <laughs> this is obscene. What are you... A, yuppie, what's wrong with you? So... Well...
4: Yuppie.
2: Let's finish the introduction, shall we? Let's because see. finally with us is our captain of woke cynicism, author of the novels known as the City Trilogy and host of Strange Arrivals and Strange Arrival Season 2, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. Toby, it is plug time. It Strange is plug Strange Arrivals time. Season 2 from iHeartRadio. Your actual network on which you do a legit podcast, and not this stupid stupid podcast, podcast. (laughs) is coming out. Toby, you have a new season two coming out. This is your time to plug it and tell our listeners why they should subscribe and download immediately.
5: Oh, it doesn't, you know. If you want to, go ahead.
2: Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. uh, He's like, like, you know, iHeart has a whole marketing team. I don't need your plug, I I don't get paid
5: for this. Um, If you're listening to this on Monday when it comes out, tomorrow, episode one is dropping. It is – the beginning of this season is about Rendlesham Forest, which is this crazy UFO uh, incident that took place over three nights just off a U.S. Air Force base in England. yes. But the larger theme is going to be like, why, how do we know what we think we know about UFOs? Because, you know, we don't, we don't get it from the government, but everybody kind of knows like what's area 51. What was Roswell? You know, what do aliens look like? Like, we kind of think we know what it all is. And this is going to be kind of looking at like, how did we get there? There's Rendlesham. I'm going to talk to at length one of the guys who spread disinformation for the Air Force Mm. into the UFO community, which led to a lot of sort of the weird myths and stuff we know now.
2: Are there any good cameos?
5: Uh, Chris Carter, who is the uh, the guy who created the X Files. Is gonna be on. Oh, um, I loved
2: the X Files and Chris Carter. I don't think my cameo is yeah. gonna be anything. I got cut. <laughs> can I just say, like, he's
4: talking about that the thing about misinformation, and I go, "Oh yeah, the episode Jose chunks from outer space. Yes, it was Charles Nelson Riley, and it, and it had a cameo by Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek. Wow,
2: Chris Carter. It's is one, one of the of best Kevin's episodes heroes. of the X Files. Oh yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Toby, so,
4: um, you shouldn't have fucking talked. You should
5: have called me. I I would have talked to Chris Carter. Yeah,
4: that was a well, huge I mistake have- on your part
5: uh that that was a big mistake i see in (laughs) retrospect um yeah so it's 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 cool i think um you know i learned a lot from the first go round so uh i'm looking forward to people listening to this one i've got the same production crew so it sounds awesome so yeah check it out let me know what you think uh i'm psyched for people to to hear it strange
2: arrivals toby did my tape get cut just tell me did it get cut
5: no, I don't think so. I don't know. There's a montage. So, the very beginning is this montage. It was actually Rebecca's idea. So, I will give credit to her. <laughs>
2: because I'm a professional podcast editor now. That's why. <laughs>
5: and uh, so, I ask a whole bunch of people, what is Area 51? Just sort of spontaneously to kind of get to the point where everybody kind of has the same idea about what it is. So, uh, Rebecca was one person. I talked to both my kids, several friends, members of my family. Lars um, And I don't. <laughs> In the end, I don't know who made the cut at the end.
2: Because that's not up to you. You have actual producers.
5: I have producers who did that part. Nice. And, um, yeah. So anyway, check it out. Let me know what you think on Twitter. And there'll probably be like between 12 and 14 episodes and a whole bunch of like bonus wow. movie stuff at the nice. end. Yeah.
2: Great job, Toby. We're very proud of you. Thank I you. I don't want to sound condescending and i don't mean it that way because i actually <laughs> <legitimately> am extremely <laughs> proud of you
4: who would have thought toby'd be the successful <laughs> no, i'm right. extremely
2: proud i'm extremely proud that we make this stupid podcast with somebody who actually has a real podcast yeah it's
3: very exciting it's I very feel like exciting. between
5: us we have like eight or nine
4: podcasts yeah Listen, i mean I, by the I, way how's exeter life going lara
3: Exeter Life. It's going. I'm, I'm getting ready to do a new one about the police trading cards. Woo. Mm.
5: <laughs> really?
3: I don't know. Toby's podcast feels like the most legit one to me. It does. It's yeah. yes. great.
4: We're all, we're all excited for Toby.
2: Anything else, Kevin, that you want to say about this?
4: Yeah, look, I just wanted to let our listeners know about two of our favorite listeners who've had some really great success on Netflix in particular. We have uh, a patron Named Janet Varney, she hosts the J V Club. Her name
0: Janet Varney.
2: You <laughs> mean famous comedian fa- Janet Varney?
4: <laughs> right. She just uh, finished up season one of a sitcom on Netflix called Country Comfort, and I describe it as. What if the nanny were actually a country music singer and not a Jewish woman from Queens? Okay. Uh, She doesn't play the nanny. Catherine McPhee does. So it's a pretty classic uh, sitcom. And they finished the first season, so they're always looking for thumbs up and good reviews to push to that second season. And the other congratulations goes out to our listener and friend and patron, Lee Bardugo.
2: Yes. Still can't believe she's on our Patreon.
4: Because on Netflix just premiered uh, the compilation based on her books it's called shadow and bone and it's an epic fantasy with sprawling sets and special effects and it's really great and so those are two of our favorite people in the world and so we wanted to say congratulations and if you have netflix go on the thing was like thumbs up thumbs down on that give it a thumbs up or review it
5: someplace and you know so that let's keep the good juju going shadow and bone by the way my 15 year old has watched twice yeah Mm -hmm. And it was number one everywhere in the world.
3: I know. It's based on a book, right?
5: It's based on a series of books. Yeah.
2: I just want to give one more shout out. Yeah, to our longtime friend Paul Bay, one of the nicest oh, yeah. people in podcasting, who signed a big deal with Amazon. He
4: was with Tannis and with the Black Tapes. He
2: wrote the Black Tapes and he helped launch Tannis, But the Black Tapes really is his his podcast legacy. He just signed a big deal with Amazon, and he has a show in development starring Ken Jeong uh, and being produced by Daniel Day Kim.
4: So oh, basically, Loss, oh right, yes, yeah.
2: as Paul Bay says, Hollywood. Just got a little more Korean. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to give him a shout, and I know he's successful anyway because he's very wonderful. But he's also like one of the nicest people I've ever met in podcasting. Uh-huh. So we've had a lot of uh, people in our circle who are doing great things. Yeah.
4: This seems like it's, bit, it's going to be the most positive part of this whole podcast. And here we are making a <laughs> stupid fucking podcast. We trash other
2: people's shows. All right. Should we get started on doing that?
0: Let's transition into that. Yeah. Leading off. Something unusual catches Giancarlo's eye among all the beautiful people sunbathing by the pool. There's one guest in particular. And he's noticing how she's noticing him. She's checking him out. Like, really obviously checking him out.
2: On the surface, it was an encounter between a rich cougar, her cuckold husband, and an attractive pool boy at a luxury hotel. But this was not your typical swingers fling. It would spin out of control into a controversy ensnaring a leading figure in the evangelical movement. While Liberty University president Jerry Falwell Jr. preached modesty, temperance, and chastity to the school's Christian student body... He and his wife, Becky, were carrying on a long-term on-and-off sexual relationship with Giancarlo Grande.
5: Grande will talk about how the Wales took him around Manhattan, how they were, like, going to the Met and, like, promenading him through Central Park um, and telling him how his life is going to change, basically because of the investments that they're going to get in on together.
2: With Grande in tow, the Falwells traveled on the university's dime and enjoyed more sexual liaisons. As their young lover tried harder to extract himself from the power couple, they pulled him closer in an effort to keep him happy and ensure his silence.
3: Um, there's a bunch of photographs, you know, personal photographs that somehow the guy
1: ended up getting. Oh.
2: Wondery's new series, In God We Lust, looks at the origins of the Falwell scandal. Like its predecessor, Bunga Bunga, the podcast bounces from sober investigation to snarky commentary by Eat the Rich hosts Brooke Sifrin and Aresia Skidmore-Williams. It's a tale of the bad behavior of an evangelical couple who preached against the sins of the flesh while all along indulging in those sins spoiler alert we are going to be talking about plot points from in god we lust so if you want to remain spoiler free go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up and thumbs down review okay so kevin we are going to do kind of what we did with other podcasts by wondery and we're going to separate our conversation about the production, and the story, mm. right?
4: Yeah, very like we did with Bunga Bunga.
2: So I think we should just talk about the production first. <laughs> Let's just do it. Okay. Um, We have these hosts, which to me, they are actually well-positioned to do this story because they do another podcast about the crazy things rich people do. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, they have a lot of journalism sources, and this could have just as easily been a podcast done by journalists that wasn't so cheeky. Toby, what do you think of the style and the presentation of In God We Lust?
5: Um. I don't think I'm the target audience for this, (laughs) meaning me personally. It's rough listening for me because I think it it seems to be written like it's supposed to be a little bit off the cuff. But there's like these pre-written like kind of cheeky asides and witty banter. But it just doesn't come off as being, you know real.
0: Hmm.
5: I mean, it does come off as like you're reading these witty comebacks off a sheet of paper.
0: (laughs) One person who went there said you aren't even allowed to stare for too long at another student. That's called making eye babies. (laughs) You know, we could make a killing selling eye condoms to these kids.
5: I I don't know. I just found it really, really distracting. And if we weren't reviewing it, I would have quit after about five minutes.
2: (laughs) I mean, I found it distracting Like a lot of the beginning, and this is my issue with Wondery podcasts lately. They start bad and then they sort of like gradually get to a point where it Mm -hmm. like gets a little looser and better. Kevin, did you think that like I did that this just like started real bad?
4: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, no, I understand what Toby's saying because I thought I was listening like the first five minutes. I'm like, oh, I just. I can't believe I did this to everybody again. (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to make it sound kind of extemporaneous and improv. And then the first thing they go and they do this description of pool boy and uh, sexy woman. And now her husband comes in.
0: My husband, she says, he likes to watch. Whoa,
4: was not expecting that. (laughs) Really? You didn't see that coming. <laughs> right.
2: You're doing you, a podcast about, about this. this. Thing.
4: Yeah, your friend said, "Come, we're going to do this giant podcast for Wondery, but I'm not telling you what it's about until this minute." <laughs> you didn't sit in on any story meetings with Wondery, right?
2: You weren't in any of the edits. You didn't do that tracking like 6 times. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's what's difficult for me.
4: But, but just before we get off of it, we know that these hosts can really riff. Because the first time we hear it is in their ads, yes. right? They the can actually do it. So they good. can be funny. They can yeah. play off of each other, and that sounds scripted. And in the later episodes, there's more of that. Yeah, but I agree. Some of the asides and the, you know, that's just it again. I think this is the third Wonderly podcast where our criticism is that somebody has come in and scripted something for people that ought to be authentic and sucks all of that out yeah right
2: yeah that was my feeling is that these women are good at what they do let them be good at what they do don't edit it so that we only get the most artificial parts of it right laura what did you think of just the general production i mean i think someone just gonna say i think some of the production of this is very good but the production of just the presentation of it what are your thoughts about that
3: so I'm a little conflicted here because I do feel like the type of story that this podcast is telling is the type that you sit around with your friends and you talk about in a way that's like, oh, my God, can you believe this? And and I hate to say this because I don't want to, like, be happy for others' misfortune, but it's the type of story where, like, can you believe that that, like, and Schadenfreude. Religious... You're talking about Freud. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that, Laura Bricker. So it does lend itself to this sort of more laid back, friends riffing back and forth sort of delivery. But this one was just, it was too over the top. And I was really bummed out because I I have a friend that every day when this was happening, she and I would be like, oh my God, did you see the latest on the Jerry Falwell Jr. and the pool boy? Like we were obsessed. So I was like, you've got to listen. And she sent me this message. Well, I tried to listen to the podcast well, I would love to hear a regular podcast about this. I do not like the delivery; it is too wise ass and cutesy. Who said that? My friend, my minister friend, not Minister Emily or Minister Heidi, my other friend, Minister Susan. And wait, uh, wait. you Su- you
4: asked the minister what they felt about a sex scandal involving an evangelical leader, and you were surprised yeah. they said
3: thumbs down. No, but this is my friend who was like obsessed with okay. the story and, like right. what a what a hypocrite Jerry Falwell was. <laughs> So the conclusion was, it certainly makes me appreciate your voice. Oh, that's nice. It was very nice, but I'm like, if it hadn't been so scripted, like, oh, okay, it's time for the joke now, Toby. Ha, ha, ha. I mean... Seriously.
5: Isn't that what they say all the time?
1: I didn't see that coming.
3: Listen, but you have to admit,
2: Lara, like these women are well positioned to do the story. I mean, my theory is, and I don't know this to be true, but my theory is, you know, the journalist we hear the whole time in the story? My theory is, it's his story. And Wondery bought it, and then they had these hosts do it. And instead of him it being his podcast, they are hosting it, and he's a source. Instead of, I mean, that's my guess. But Toby sent me one note that I loved because I kept thinking about it the whole time I was listening. And mm-hmm. I promise this is the last thing I'll say. That's Caddy, and then we'll move on. The pronunciation of the hotel. It's not the Fountain Blue. It's the Fontainebleau. It's like the French version of it. Mm-hmm. They go back and forth very fluidly, <laughs> like never. And Toby, that stuck out to you too. Like they—they've just decided on this in-between pronunciation.
5: Well, I couldn't tell what was going on. Like, was it a place that was like playing on the Fountain Blue by calling it the Fountain Blue? No. Did they just not know how to pronounce it? Because then somebody else comes on and says Fountain Blue. It's
2: the Fountain Blue. It's what yeah. it is. It's that it part of just... that franchise. Yes.
5: Yeah. So I don't. Again, I mean, I'm not. Trying to shame them for not pronouncing it right. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on.
2: Yeah. All right. So, can we just move on to the story? Yeah. Because it is juicy as hell. Let's just be real. And it actually does lend itself very well to being a podcast about a story like this. Now, Kevin, this very. Kind of timely because here we have this big story about sort of the American dream, the evangelical church, the promise. And I I do like how they go into the history of Jerry Falwell Sr. And, you know, his decision to back Ronald Reagan instead of Jimmy Carter, who, by the way, was an actual evangelical exactly. preacher. What do you think of just sort of the topic and the historical stuff and how that is covered? I find it very clear. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good choice as far as a topic to cover because it does have a lot of the elements that we as listeners like. We love stories about sex and we love stories about hypocrisy. And this is what you have here, especially when you you know, when you look also at the characters. With Jerry Falwell Jr. and Becky and uh, Grande, Grande what, what, G- Giancarlo?
3: Giancarlo Grande, John, Giancarlo. Giancarlo. I didn't
4: want to just call him Pool Boy because that's you know objectifying,
3: disrespectful.
2: <laughs> even though he that's was a promo, code. he was literally pool a boy, Pool yes. Boy. I mean, that was literally his job.
4: Was was promo code Lust taken? I maybe, huh? Uh, promo yeah, was code Three jo- Way. Three
5: Way.
2: Promo code Blackmail photos. What code whoa, whoa. Cock.
5: What was it? They had like a Menage uh, funnel cake or
4: something. <laughs> it was the uh, Menage à trois carnival funnel cake. Yes. Yeah. Mm, so sounds disgusting. Tasty, but we like stories about that because you know we have somebody here that you could set up for a fall, uh, not a fall, but you you know for a comeuppance. Certainly, if you have somebody who is running a school where the code of conduct is such that you can't make eye babies, but they're you know <laughs> it's a three way thing with photos and. Funnel cake. I mean, the actual fuck. Well, I mean, to me, it's actually a story that could be a
2: lot bigger and better. And I think that the show does try to touch on that. But, Toby, isn't this really about sort of what has happened in the last 40 years where this part of Christianity has been kind of twisted and politicized? And This is the most hip, maybe one of the most hypocritical examples in like recent history. But there's actually like a real journalism story here that that could go deeper and be like a little bit more. But this is very much like a here's what happened. Do you think they hit the critical historical points or for you is this just a here's what happened?
5: Yeah, I mean, I guess for what they're trying to do for this. I think they gave enough context so that you could kind of understand what was going on. I mean, there's a, I think they mentioned the Jim Baker thing, which, uh, you know, I, is the obvious precursor to all this. And I thought that was like the strongest part, quite honestly. I mean, I agree. I agree with Kevin that they, they laid it out pretty clearly. And it was interesting. that was some stuff I didn't know. I mean, I think they run into the problem where, I mean, I didn't even really care about this story and I, felt like I know so much about it, even though I was like actively trying to avoid learning about it. So it's like a podcast, one of the few podcasts I think we've done where I was like, I feel like I pretty much know this story. And I feel like a lot of people probably do as well. So what are they gonna do with it? And I think that's like a big hurdle for them. I mean, there was plenty of new stuff for me, but I again I wasn't reading the articles, but I was wondering if it if there's anything that was breaking here, because it seemed like a lot of the relationships and stuff like the thing with with um, Michael Cohen and, and and Trump and all that stuff. I mean, I just kind of feel like that's been out there a lot.
2: Hmm. So, Laura, when you hear a scandal with it with like a in a church context like this, do you find yourself saying like,
3: of course, do
2: you find yourself saying that or do you find yourself actually surprised like these hosts pretend to be?
3: No, I'm I'm not surprised. And I, I this is horrible, but I take a little bit of delight in it because I'm like, there is this sort of strict all or nothing mentality in some of these religions. And I'm gonna go with the like everything in moderation. And they don't get that. And this is what happens. This is like the girl that I grew up next door to whose parents were like these super back to the land hippies and they never had sugar. And I remember one time she like we like Broke into my neighbor's house and like ate Wait, all the ice literally cream. Literally, <laughs> broke into your neighbor's house. Well, we kept our freezer there because you know we didn't have electricity growing up. Oh my up. god! I so forgot that about she that. was away on vacation. So we pried up in the window when we climbed down. She died in a, a volcano explosion. So I can what? tell this now. <laughs>
2: Laura (laughs) fuck, call Wondery immediately. This is their next hit podcast. (laughs) Wait, I don't know. Your your neighbor who was raised by hippies who never got to eat sugar died in a volcano explosion? No, no, no. The lady who's... So So you broke into the house of a person who died in a volcano explosion. Yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the point of my story is... The, the let's just girl. go straight to the
5: after show after this okay <laughs> okay.
3: okay where was they going the point of the story <laughs> is she went so crazy with the sugar when she got it that we broke into a house so i'm just saying that's what happens to these religious people moderation well here's
2: the thing that strikes me okay let's just talk about it i mean I don't feel like shitting on the Liberty University culture is shitting on Christians because there are Christians and then there are there's this. And it's just it's not the same thing. It's just not. There's this whole thing. So I got into this rabbit hole today and this is related. I promise. You know, those commercials for that HPV vaccine that Mm -hmm. like 11 year olds are supposed to get. And I was like, why is there a fucking commercial for this? There's no commercial for like the measles vaccine or whatever. So I looked it up. And there is this (laughs) Liberty University slash other thing, branded thing of like, they don't want the vaccine because they think it's going to give your kids permission for the potential sex they might have in the future. And it's just it's just (sighs) this whole thing of like 18 year olds and 19 year olds and 20 year olds. The idea that like sex is bad. I'm just going to say it. Sex is not bad. Sex is like a natural human condition. And, you know, whether or not you decide it's bad or not is fine. But the idea that you're going to be able to put these constraints on it, of course there are going to be people who break the rules. But we do take a lot of pleasure, right, Toby, when the person at the top who's supposed to be enforcing the rules is the one who breaks the rules. But doesn't it seem like it's always that?
5: Yeah, I mean, the weird thing with him, though, is you got to think about him growing up as the son of Jerry Falwell. The
2: boring son of Jerry Falwell.
5: Mm. Who's like laying all this stuff down. So, I mean, I'm sure that was the expectation for him when he was growing up too. So, you know, I, I think it's similar to what Laura is saying. It's like when you're denied this stuff all this time, when you finally get some some agency of your own, it's not surprising that you're like, let's go and have some kind of weird ways of, of having it expressed. That being said... It'd be nice if he kind of shared some of the uh, freedom and agency with everybody who's under his. You know, you'd kind of feel like if you have that kind of self-realization that maybe that's fine to pass that along to people who you have, you know, some authority over. But that is actually not the case. I mean, he just continues with the bullshit while watching his wife have sex with a pool boy.
2: Which, by the way, no judgment to them. Like if that's what they decided to do as a couple, and no, that's hundred percent. Fine. I have no problem with that. I do have a problem with them doing that and telling kids that they can't make eye babies with you each don't other. You do have a problem with that? I don't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want oh. that for us, Kevin. <laughs> I don't have a problem if someone else wants it for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Can I follow up on Toby's point, of
4: though? Course. Because he doesn't actually seem like a Falwell, though, right? He just has, like, too much bro in him. You know, I mean, he's not Jerry Falwell Jr. like JFK Jr. or even Donald Trump Jr., right? They don't seem like the Diet Coke of the other guy. He just seems completely different, you know. Whereas it's the Jerry and his wife Becky in the—I hate to use the term, but they used it—slutty uh, Dorothy costume. Yes, when she is the you know what first the lady. Hell is that? You know what I'm talking about, right?
5: Yeah, Did you miss I just, that? but Dorothy's like. She's like eight years old in The Wizard of Oz oh, or something. It's just,
2: in the book, not in the, the movie. In the book,
4: in the movie. <laughs> but the, you know, the dress, and it's all hiked up, and you can see her legs, and you can't stare too long at somebody else. But, hey, I love the idea that you're getting dressed up like that. That's fine. That's not the problem, but you can't do that. And that, it wasn't like they went to a private club. They were on campus, and everybody's like, hmm, what's up with that? Didn't you like, by the way, just my point is, I, he doesn't seem like he is as much a true believer as maybe his dad. Was. Didn't you like it
2: that the he didn't you like that the it. student who was telling us that story did say that they don't want to slut shame? But yeah, like, I mean, literally, the costume is called the slutty Dorothy costume.
0: I'm not saying that to participate in the culture of slut shaming because I don't agree with that. But I, I'm just using it as a descriptive word. She is wearing something that makes you go. Wait, is that Becky? Is she really wearing that?
3: It's like in total contrast to the students' Halloween celebration, which was like this like hokey dress like a scarecrow for two weeks thing and scare people. I'm like, I'm the yellow i M. &M. I'm slutty Dorothy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Kevin, our best friend Michael Cohen shows up in the podcast. Thoughts?
4: Oh, I think that was great. (laughs) I think it was great. I mean we knew he was part of the story, but His response that he didn't want to get involved with tabloid journalism. It's like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Michael, really? After all the catch and kill things you bought? You know.
2: (laughs) So, Toby, I have one final question for you. Yes. Would you stay at that dick in a boat hostel? (laughs) Dick in a boat. In Miami Beach. It's my dick in a boat. Run by Giancarlo after being screwed over by the Falwells in that real estate deal. It's 15 bucks a night. Apparently, the location is great. Would you stay there? The HPV
5: is free. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. That sounds awesome. It's like, it should be a tourist destination after Mm. this podcast. The logo is a busted condom.
2: No, the best thing to do is (laughs) go there and you sit on the side and watch other people stay there and take video and photos of it that can be used against you later as blackmail. All right. So I think we should do what we do. Let's let our listeners know should they listen to In God We Lust? It's another, of course, hit podcast from Wondery. Uh, Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for
3: In God We Lust. Um, I'm going to give a lukewarm thumbs up. This podcast is not going to change the world. It is not going to tell you something that you didn't know. It's entertaining. I listened to it while I was walking. You have to get past the initial adjustment to the -the over-the-top delivery of the host. But I think if it was a different story, I might be giving a different thumbs up on this, but I was obsessed with this story when it happened. It was like in the middle of the pandemic and everything is horrible. And I was like, oh, but this horrible, crazy religious sex scandal with the pool boy is breaking. So it was like a really good diversion for me when this actually happened in 2020. So based on that, I want to give a lukewarm thumbs up. Toby Ball.
5: It didn't turn out to be quite the disaster I was fearing after the first five minutes It's interesting to hear you guys say that you thought it got better, like the the banter and all that stuff, because I wasn't sure if I had just built up a tolerance at that (laughs) point and it just wasn't (laughs) affecting me the same way. Um, You know, I can't really give it a thumbs up. Again, I just don't find the story that interesting. I didn't find their kind of delivery of it that great. I guess I'm kind of a negative thumb sideways. Like, Mm. I don't want to give it a thumbs down, but it's lower than 50%. Kevin Flynn.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go thumb sideways, which I don't usually do. Um, yeah, I thought the first 10 minutes this was going to be really bad. It did start to get better. The story itself is told pretty well, so I can't give it a thumbs down. They got a lot of good sources there. It's an interesting, juicy story, and I can't say that the hosts are terribly bad because they do get better, and I think it's probably in part because they, everybody else around them it feels like they're getting out of their way mm. and letting the two of them do the thing that they do which is to play off, and I think I think the idea here is to have a podcast that sounds like the chatty, gossipy, true crime shows or whatever, where just two friends just have a bitch sesh, right? And it doesn't have that energy, but it's getting close. I think I'd have to really, like, if I wanted to go thumbs up or thumbs down, I think I'd have to listen to the entire thing. And we're four episodes out of six in. So it's just enough to say... I stick with it. It's not bad. I'm really pulling in front of the end, but I I can't give it my uh, good housekeeping seal of approval just yet. Yeah, I'm also them sideways. I actually think Brooke and Aresia
2: that they're, they're fine, and I yeah. they're actually well positioned to tell the story because they do a podcast about the shitty things rich people do. Apparently,
4: do you lay blame at their feet? I I don't. do not. Yeah.
2: I actually think that there's some good journalism in this podcast, too, that, you know, we have the actual journalists who did this story. And I actually think this was probably his pitch. I really do. I believe that this was like his story. One. he picked it up and then they made it this way. It's not the host's fault. It's not his fault. It's the packaging's fault. I also think this is another one of those stories where it's like a here's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're like me and you're like you and you're a consumer of the news, you're like, Yeah, I fucking watch CNN and MSNBC and NBC News. Like, I know all of this already. Like, why? Like, what are they doing? But you do realize that like a lot of America are not close news consumers, and for them, this will come as a big surprise. Reminding me a little bit of the um, Zodiac Killer podcast, which is literally just like, "Here's what happened." Mm -hmm. Right? We feel like we know it, but we know that a lot of people don't. So, I can't give it a big thumbs up because of the flaws of the packaging. That being said, I do think the hosts do a good job with what they had after the horrible editing at the beginning. And the story isn't horribly told. Like, I'm following it. I get it. I feel like I understand all the details. So,
4: thumbs. If we're three thumbs sideways, lukewarm, why are we not three thumbs up? Actually, I think Toby, if he had a picky gun to his head, he'd go thumbs Listen, down. Listen, side-
2: but- there's nothing wrong with being sideways. Okay. Let's not stigmatize it anymore. sideways is a thing it's fine
4: it's like sex positive dorothy and toto
2: (laughs) thumb sideways for me for in god we lust
6: disney plus and hulu are better together in the disney bundle with new movies and series on disney plus experience the full taylor swift the eras tour taylor's version with new main show performances and acoustic collection on hulu follow the fantastical evolution of bella baxter played by emma stone in the award-winning film poor things All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com
0: for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or
1: less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7.
2: Here we are in the business section, Kevin. You have some things you want to say.
4: Well, I've, Laura was just like saying beneath her breath that she knew what her Halloween costume was going to be next year. Is it going to be "quote unquote" slutty Dorothy?
3: Slutty Toto.
4: <laughs> slutty Toto. I,
3: I think it's going to be sexy, Dorothy. Sexy.
4: I, you know, mm-hmm. I like sexy better than such a, yeah. such a fine line there.
3: Well, certainly yeah. by then, Rocky Flintstone can dress up like Toto. It's true. So.
2: We all yep. know the word slut and slutty is a pejorative that we should not use, but the podcasts use it, and they also explain why they use it, and that is the context. And just in case you Don't happen add to us, be America. starting to listen at this point, which <laughs> no one does with a podcast, we know you have the context, but still, I, I feel the need to uh. apologize. So here we are in the business section of our show, Kevin, and I hear we have some big business section news.
4: Yes, uh, right now in your Patreon feeds is the 100th episode of the Crime Writers on After Show. can't
5: believe it. Are you serious?
4: Yeah. That's and it's a- actually amazing. also our 200th podcast that you can get exclusively behind the uh, the membership wall at Patreon. It's incredible. For as little as $5 a month, you can join and get exclusive podcasts like the Crime Writers on After Show and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. Last week, uh, Toby's discussion on Hidden Valley Road came out. It was really good. Also we have Married with Podcast and the latest <laughs> the latest episode deals with many things including the battle of the baby monitor.
2: Yeah, oh my god. I'm so excited to answer that question. I'm, like, jumping out of my shoes to answer that question. I'm so excited about it. So, Kevin, what do we have going on on the Crime Writers On After Show today?
4: Oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the finale of The Line because I think uh, everybody finished it up and we all really liked it. We all gave thumbs up to The Line at episode four, so it finished up. And just for those who aren't on Patreon, are we all saying we loved it?
2: We want to save that for the yeah. After Show podcast, Kevin.
4: Oh, okay. Sorry. We don't want to
2: give it away. They want people to be incentivized to spend like six bucks a month or Not all this is free,
5: America. I don't think there's going to be a ton of suspense about that, Rebecca.
2: Okay. Yeah. There are going to be other things yeah. we talk about, though.
4: Plus, apparently, we're also going to talk about all of our medical stuff.
2: You know what else we're going to talk about?
4: Somebody is getting a colonoscopy.
2: You know what else we're going to talk about? Ooh. My new friendship love affair with Payne Lindsay. Okay, sure. We're going to talk, unpack that on the After Show. So, Kevin, before we end the business section... You you want to give a little plug for why people should subscribe to our free
4: newsletter oh yeah just go to crimewriterson.com, put in your email address that's all we need from you and we're going to send you every monday the latest newsletter from crime writers on it includes stuff about you know hints at what next week's topics are going to be you get to see the photos of the cat of the week some insight on what's happening behind the scenes and and things like that. And, you know, we'll put, like, our thumbs-up, thumbs-down decisions in the uh, description, so... Don't be spoil. It's okay to be spoiled by thumbs up or thumbs down. Is that the worst thing in the world? No. No, it's not. Okay.
2: You could also put it in just like clear lettering so someone can't see it unless they highlight I,
4: it. I, you know how many people are going to like miss that? Literally one
2: to- person wrote us an email and now we're all angsty about it. Listen, yeah. we love you listeners. Feel free to write us your emails whenever you want. But when one, one of you complains about something, we get very upset. I'm <laughs> yes. still
5: haunted by ruining True Detective season one for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like like five seven, years ago. Yes. Seven
2: years after it happened. Yes. <laughs> it was the lawnmower guy. See, now so I've so done it, it too. Hey, <laughs> uh, was it? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Kevin, before yeah. we end the business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week?
4: Our Patreon patron saints are Rosie Lewis and Marsha Dickerson. Bless you.
2: And thus ends the business section. The business section. section. Moving on.
1: In 2004,
2: in a small Swedish village, a woman was murdered in her bed and her neighbor seriously wounded after a shooting. The victims were part of a cult-like religious congregation, and their spouses were having an affair with each other. The next day, the family's nanny confessed to shooting the victims after receiving anonymous text messages saying it would save her soul. But police found the victim's husband, Helga Fossum, was having an affair with the nanny, and his first wife also died under suspicious circumstances. And at the center of the group was a mercurial leader known as the Bride of Christ. The Swedish language true crime series Pray, Obey, Kill looks at Sweden's most shocking religion and sex murder case. A pair of journalists re-examine the crime and uncover new evidence that may change our understanding of what happened on that cold night in Knutby. We are going to be talking about plot points for Pray, Obey, Kill. So to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down review. Kevin, can we just talk about why this documentary exists on our HBO? By the way, we love Scandi oh, Noir and Scandi yeah. Fiction. This is Scandi True Crime. Why is this on our HBO right now?
4: Well, once the pandemic hit, the streaming services, the networks, everybody started harvesting for good material overseas, foreign language stuff. And so that's why, if you think about the last year, some of the stuff that's been on HBO, HBO Max, um, Murder, White House, White House House Farm, Farm. we had recently The Investigation, which was a docudrama. Loved it. Um, And so, yeah, this is another one. So, I mean, obviously there's great stuff around the world. And I think um, we have maybe a greater tolerance now for shows that are subtitled, especially if it's quality stuff.
2: You mean not we? You mean other people? I mean, We've always America, had
4: that time. <laughs> Crime writers on Nation is is you know for the most part enthusiastic about that kind of stuff.
2: Now, Laura, before we get into some of the substance of this story and our you know critiques of the documentary, can we just talk about a stylistic choice that was made? Oh yeah, which is to use dollhouses and miniatures for <laughs> many of the recreations here, including. The building of the dollhouse with a little broom sweeping the snow, the lifting off of the roofs, the
3: little police cars with the baby lights. What'd you think about all that, Laura? Oh, I, I was there for the dollhouses. I loved the little dollhouses. I love their little lights, their little fake snow. <laughs> it's like Christmas town, <laughs> but it's not. Like, do you guys know people that set up yeah, the whole my little mom, Christmas yeah, town? Yeah, under
4: the tree. Yes, the only thing that place was missing was a, a model train to go through. Wait, is
2: that like the shit you buy at the Christmas tree shop? Is that what it
4: is? Yeah, like the little house yeah. that you could build like yeah. an entire village. Yeah, with astroturf
3: little and a little Pentecostal and, yeah.
5: community. Yeah.
4: Right yeah, under your tree. Yeah, cotton for but- snow.
5: Yeah.
3: But I liked how it was carried across the entire documentary because, like, instead of having B-roll flying over this actual area, oh, they, had we would that, go to this, they had that. They had that. We would go there. to the cozy little thing, but then we had like the actual like life-size dollhouse that they were playing with. Like, okay, they're in this room or that. And, like, and I'm like, what is? But I was like, I kind of love it. I love. Toby? Well, well uh, before you go You'd- to Toby, <laughs> I
4: just <think
2: it's> <laughs> to asked Kevin a question. <laughs> yeah. Because one of my issues with this documentary was that um, they do the thing where reporters are reporting a thing, mm-hmm. except that it's very clear that some of it isn't that. They're just pretending it's that.
4: Yeah. like. Hey, it's not dissimilar to, to what we said about um, in God we lust.
2: Did you see this piece of paper right, where you right, said right. how do you? What's one of the big cues where you know that it's like not real that they're actually yeah. telling you something for the first time? How
4: about when they go over and they say, "Let me show you something in this dollhouse that you've never <laughs> seen before." Let me pick it up, at to the top. Like the here's where the t- here's where the bathtub was. Oh yes. Oh so, really?
2: Wait, where was the bathtub? Was the bathtub? <laughs>
4: you didn't see that coming.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> So, Toby, in the introduction to this episode, um, somebody who wrote the script wrote cult-like. My opinion is that this was a cult, uh, but that's my opinion. What is your opinion of this religious group, cult or congregation?
5: Uh, I would say cult, especially towards the end. It is, it's is—it's a fine line, right? I mean, I, what point do you go from being kind of a, a strange congregation to being a cult? But I think when you have... When you think that you have the bride of Christ in your little community, and she's making decisions about who loses their babies and who's going to hell,
3: who can sleep with her husband? Who can sleep yeah. with her
5: husband? Who she can sleep with? There's also the the sort of when her you know when when Christ doesn't come to whip her off to their wedding, she does the whole. It's you guys. You guys. You guys haven't been praying hard enough. You haven't built the wall around me. Enough, which is like a classic kind of cult move, which is my followers, you guys failed. So my prophecy didn't happen. So I would, I you know, I, I think it's, I, I don't know what the argument against calling it a cult is, other than if you're just going to be like, no, man, they're just Pentecostals. But I, you know,
2: I think the argument against is that the documentary doesn't say that. But I think well, watching it you go into a place where you are isolated from your family on purpose. Don't right. contact anybody you like or love ever. Mm-hmm. Do what I say or we're going to kick your ass. Uh, come to the freezing fucking beach with me and do what I do. Otherwise, we're going to kick in seclusion and have
4: this one demagogue. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: It all bugs me. But Toby, I just want to follow up with you because I found myself in the first couple episodes thinking like, Can you please tell us about the cult? Because the first couple episodes Mm -hmm. focused on the crime, which clearly was happening in this environment, but we don't find out about it until later. I found that to be a structural problem with the storytelling here.
5: Well, yeah. And I I think what's interesting about the crime sort of flows from the cult, I think. Like, I, I don't know. I guess because true crime is so popular, like maybe that was they felt was their best entry point into this story. But What makes it kind of interesting is this sort of web of power dynamics within the people in that community and who's manipulating who and and the shifting who's in Asa's good graces and who's not. So I I kind of felt at the end, like, A, it should have been quite a bit shorter, but B, the sort of balance between the amount of time we spend watching Sarah walk around that house filming that (laughs) recreation could have probably been better spent... Like, why are all the people who are pastors in this church, like, super young? And how did it come that Asa was, like, kind of picked? Like, I don't understand why suddenly it was like, oh, yeah, she's the bride of Christ. Like, how did that come about? Not a good origin story. There's no origin story. yeah. 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 So it's just, you kind of... I I just kind of felt like there's some stuff missing. Like, why is Helga? Like, why? Why does he wield so much power? There's a little bit like, well, how does he get so much trim? Well, yeah, (laughs) it's all this combination of things. This goofy
4: guy who keeps putting his bridge in his mouth. (laughs) Can you please just talk
2: about the number of sex partners this guy has and how shocked you were by that? I
4: think it's okay. So there was his first wife, but you can't count her. The The one who died in the the one who died. But at the same time, he had his wife Alexandria, who was the murder victim. He had Sarah, who was the nanny. Who was a, gorgeous. Or, yeah, it was gorgeous. Well, they're all kind of gorgeous. He had yeah, the neighbor across weird. the street. Except for him. <laughs> the neighbor across the street, Annette. And he also had uh, Asa. Asa. But Asa said, but he just had to do hand stuff with her. <laughs> like, stuff with my hands. I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. What's the Swedish word for finger blast? I don't know.
3: <laughs> It's, it's not
2: I, baby. It's finger not I, baby. Finger, baby. Maybe with all the choral singing. <laughs> I did appreciate their musicality and their ability to put on a show. Yeah. I mean, I know that choral... We have
4: Swedish listeners. Someone's going to email me. No,
2: but I minute. know that choral singing is like a big tradition yeah, in yeah, Scandinavia. Yeah, And that like singing as a group and singing in duets is a big tradition. That being said, Laura, were you surprised by Helga's way with the ladies or was it just me and Kevin?
3: No, I was like... He's kind of goofy looking, and even when he's like doing his police interview, he like takes his shoes off, and he's got his like socks on the chair. And I'm like, "You got more poon than that pool boy." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, is, is it like what is the allure here? But I was like, Sarah was like beautiful. Asa, I mean, if you didn't know her crazy story, like I was like, if if someone tells me they're the bride of Christ, I'm just gonna run like super <laughs> fast. But like she looked normal. She looked like this like wholesome, you know, outdoorsy kind of hiking chick or something. But like him, I'm like, what is the allure here? And it was it was crazy. So I wasn't as um Turned off by the backing into the cult story and the church story because I was kind of fascinated by this whole crime angle of like two of his wives dead staircase. His first wife. Stop it, Michael Peterson did not do it. I'm just similarities there.
4: No, I'm just saying. And her
3: parents, the first wife's parents, were pretty pissed off, and I felt like there was like a lot of unresolved issues there. But like, I I don't know, I don't know, Toby. What do you think of Sarah? She was extremely childlike, right?
5: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with her. Like her the cadence of her talking is so weird. And I thought maybe she was like medicated, but I I don't know if that's the case cuz it seems like she's like that all the time. You know, she's so clearly and openly manipulable. I mean, I think she I mean, she's very frank about the fact that people can manipulate her and she, you know, relies on this outside stuff. So she just seemed Like, she was kind of dropped into a den of vipers, right? I mean, she was put in a situation where there's a whole bunch of people who are manipulating a whole bunch of other people, and she seemed like the lowest person on the rung to the point where they're like, I bet we can, through texts, manipulate her into shooting somebody. Right. Uh, And they did. Again, like, how did she end up there? Right.
2: Where did she come from?
5: Yeah, it just, I I don't know. And again, I mean, I think that the detective like sort of express that where he was like i've been around a whole bunch of bad evil people she's not one of them hmm. she's seems good and then the journalist is like well wow, she killed somebody she can't be that good and uh but it's like well i i just don't think she had the mental wherewithal or the, capacity, the strength of yeah. whatever yeah. to yeah. to control herself when people were telling her what to do
4: having watched this is does anybody here have a sense of why sarah became the nanny at that house
3: Nope. Do you? She was cute.
4: No, because it has to. No, do... they didn't
3: talk about any kids.
4: That's <laughs> right. They keep talking. <laughs> yeah, the they kids. they mentioned the Kid? kids Who?
3: at one point, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, he had kids with the first wife that died in the bathtub." Yeah. No, apparently, she moved in again. when
4: Helga had some kind of accident, and later it was it was described that she was his sex slave. There, we oh. get none of that. Nope. I got that from Wikipedia. Yeah. What apparently happened is so unclear. Yeah. I feel like there's just so many details that are just left out for whatever reason. Maybe that was a choice, but I felt Toby's got it right. We start at the beginning. We don't get a sense of where these folks come from and what this whole thing is about other than, you know, uh, Bride of Christ and all these different things about the different relationships with the different people. And I think at the end I said, you knew that like Alexandria, the murder victim, that's Asa's
5: sister, right? Nope. It's some oh, of the stuff. Oh, goes, really?
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nope. No, it goes I, mean, by I knew fast. that she was the
5: sister. Yeah. But again, she's like almost not. You have no idea about their relationship.
4: Yeah. Like yeah. Their, nothing about it. Yeah, I think a lot of it. And, and maybe if you're hearing it in the, you know, the original language and you speak the, the native language that maybe it doesn't go by that fast. But it seems to go by really quick that you're missing something. My, my sense of watching the whole thing was like, oh, I missed that. I'll catch up later. I'll figure it out later.
2: My sense of so I watching I this... About it, I didn't. Okay, so this is an interesting pairing with In God We Lust, right? Because In God We Lust, we have a story of a leader of a religious movement who does things that are sort of objectively maybe criminal in terms of, like, the money stuff or whatever Liberty University, like, sued him for and yada, yada, yada. My sense of it is that in Sweden, you can have a trial because somebody pulled somebody else's hair. <laughs> like, it just feels like they didn't actually tell us, like... We kept seeing these news clips, which looked, by the way, exactly like the news in Borgen, which was very like yeah. gratifying. People standing at a table, but it was like the very well-known religious Pentecostal sect. I'm like, wait, they're very well-known. Like, there they are. Yeah. Well, but then we didn't know that they were well-known. You well, understand? Like, well, we don't
5: context clues, Rebecca.
4: Well, they just told you. But they then were the well-known.
2: news report was about hair pulling and pushing to the floor, and well, I'm like,
5: that's what happens when you don't have a country awash in guns true like
2: that becomes the crime so there was that and so when kevin was telling me all these details i was like wait what what i mean i just don't feel like the documentary
3: went there well i felt like the documentary was made for people not us in this country who already probably knew about this case who might have known some of those details like i felt like there was like sort of like this implied knowledge base For the target audience, which was not us on HBO Max, Hmm. if that makes sense.
5: Because the end is, I guess, if you knew the case before and you didn't know how the end thing pops up, like that may feel like a big shocker.
2: Wait, what? What may feel like like that Asa was behind the thing?
5: No, she she wasn't. no, that uh, Alexandria was already dead when Sarah came in to k- shoot her.
4: But that- was she? Or did they just
5: suppose that? I mean, they put it out there. Well, I think I think she's pretty strongly trying to... Like, I shot her in the hip and she didn't move.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I had a lot of random questions. Like, where do you get a piece of skin to put on a board for ballistics testing? Good question. That was like a big piece of skin. Like, who does... That one journalist guy's
4: Forensics.com. That,
3: another question. Promo code I was crime. Like, His hair, so fluffy, so tight. With the journalist's hair? Yeah. Yeah, but yet so styled <laughs> yes. all at once. Yes,
5: That guy had awesome um, sweaters, too. Yes. Like, every yeah. sweater he had was great.
3: Scandinavia, man. They have awesome sweaters. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. But I want to echo what you were saying, Rebecca. It, like for the first half of this, I wasn't really clear why the journalists were in this. I was like, OK, so here we have like crime shows where the journalist is the expert person who recounts like we've been Talks in them, to the camera and and tells the story here. I was like, are they retelling the story? Are they reinvestigating the story? And then at the end, I'm like, they might be re- or, or are they just brought in because they needed them there to have somebody else involved for this documentary. I said, hey, if
4: you're going to use our dollhouse, you have to use us too.
3: <laughs> no, but I, I feel like this is their story. The documentary yes. was made from their
2: reporting, but instead of them just talking to the camera, they had them talking to each other as if it's new information. It's like... Kevin, look at this podcast script that somebody wrote for me. What do you think of this? Yeah, there was a lot of that. I mean, they weren't bad at it. No, they're good at it. No, they were pretty (laughs) chill. But Toby, you don't read the language. You don't know the language, so how do you know they were good at
5: it? Well, they just kind of. I mean, they kind of seem natural. I mean, they they didn't seem like I try to imagine myself doing something like that, and people would be like. What is wrong with you? Whereas yeah. with those guys, it's like most of the time, it's just like nobody has conversations like this. Like, you're not literally like, and this this thing shows that they didn't talk before the murder or after, before, you know? I
4: mean, it's just I like- I did see that coming.
5: I don't know. It was a little, again, it's like, it's a weird, it's a weird choice. And I don't know why nobody was like, look, we're, this is like going to be a big deal. Why don't we figure out something that makes a little more sense Mm. than having you guys pretend to have these revelations on camera that you Mm. clearly like had figured out like a year ago so that we could script this whole shit out.
4: Yeah, but I I understand the thesis, the investigative thesis is like some of this key evidence doesn't quite fit the idea that you acted alone. So let's get to that. Unfortunately, they don't really get an answer to that. So, I mean, they do, you know, unveil some. Interesting new facts, so they break news in that way, but they don't really satisfy anybody's um, qu- anybody's questions about, well, did something different happen?
3: Lara? Well, I was going to say, I mean, the other, as I was watching this and I was having kind of similar feelings, but I was also going back to a lot of this sort of Nordic noir fiction that we have watched. It does have this sort of slower, meandering pace. It's very atmospheric, and I felt like, Maybe they were tapping into that. Like maybe it was just sort of a stylistic. If you think about shows, we've like I just was watching this crazy one. I had to stop watching Fortitude because they were getting eaten by polar bears. But it was like that same slow kind of meandering, like waiting for something to happen. And I felt like that same pace a little bit here in terms of not getting that whole story right up front and not having a really clear picture of what's happening, but kind of like, oh, it's nice scenery. I actually like strongly disagree with you.
2: Here's why. When I saw this was coming up, I was like, ooh, a Scandi thing that's true crime. Yeah. And I can watch the slowest Scandi noir fiction thing yeah. and be pulled in because there is a style to the filmmaking in that part of the world that... It can like trapped. It can be lugubrious. It can it's sort of the
4: investigation. Like the
2: investigation. It can this had all that potential. I, full disclosure, fell asleep during every fucking episode of this. <laughs> show. <laughs> Kevin had to either I had to either rewatch it or I had to just be like, Kevin, just tell me what happened. Here's what
4: in happened life. in the last five minutes.
2: Like it 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 had all those things, but it didn't put it together in that way. So I felt like their ingredients were there but it was cooked at the wrong temperature or something like that.
4: I just got one piece of evidence that like just kills me, and it's the silencer on a revolver? Yeah. A silencer doesn't work on a revolver. The silencer captures the gases from a pistol and, and muffles the sound, but those gases, that noise comes out, out of the chamber uh, in, the, in a revolver. I, I don't know why no one points that out, because even when they do the test fire, it goes bang! You know, it's not it's not like a James Bond thing i just never figured that out and yet uh sarah when she's doing the recreation she knew enough when the recreation guy came too soon she's like no it's got to be the fourth knock but she can't get close she's too far away from the fake body to put w- where the you know where the actual gunshots were it's i don't know they did they did talk about that but uh, the revolver yeah. thing just the silencer just killed me i'm just waiting for that to be the the sherlock holmes moment like aha this
5: is you know do you think Sarah knows that a, that a silencer doesn't work I, on the revolver? Apparently,
4: none of the cops there do. Maybe
2: silencer was a mistranslation.
4: What, what is the thing they that. screwed on the. They, we're going to make this a gun now? <laughs> we're going to make this a rifle?
2: Well, there were dolls and doll houses yeah, and doll cars and doll snow. All right. Let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Pray, Obey, Kill? It's a Swedish import. Also known as Murder
4: in Christmas Land.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Christmas Town. Christmas Town. Murder at Christmas Tree Shop. (laughs) 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 On HBO. It's, again, called Pray, Obey, Kill. It's an import from Sweden. Lara Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down
3: for pray, obey, kill? Um, I'm going with thumbs sideways because I was really interested in this case. I hadn't heard of this case before. And there was some interesting footage, specifically this. Like, I've never seen this recreating the crime with the accused being videotaped, which is bizarre. I loved the Christmas Town thing. I loved the journalist's hair, it was confusing. (laughs) Like, I I clearly... Didn't get the whole story. But the actual case, I was like, this is crazy. This is like so interesting, this case. So just for the fact that I hadn't heard of this case before, I hadn't heard of this, I'm going to call it cult before, you know, I like Rebecca, I did fall asleep uh, from time to time watching this. (laughs) But the problem is it's not in English. So when you wake up, you have no idea what the fuck is happening. (laughs) Yeah, you can't fold your laundry while you watch this. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So I mean, it's but I just I'm conflicted because I did find the case. It's. Itself kind of, I was like, well, this is kind of an interesting thing. And and some of the footage was very interesting, but overall, there was definitely some issues with the storytelling that, you know, made it hard to follow. So that's kind of a weird way of just saying thumb sideways. Toby Ball. Yeah,
5: it's kind of a tough one for me. I thought there, there are parts of it that I, I liked a lot and thought were, were, were very interesting. And then there are other parts that just seemed absolutely tedious or like, you're like, well, why are we doing this at all? I liked it better than I liked in God We Lost, which I gave a thumb sideways. So I'm guessing I'm giving this one a slight thumbs up. But I kind of feel like you could watch like the first couple episodes and then maybe skip to the end to find out what happened. Episodes three and four and, and, and five are all, it kind of drops off after the first two. I really like the first two.
1: Hmm.
2: Kevin Flynn.
4: Yeah, I'm a thumbs down. Um, I grew tired of this documentary. Wait, wait.
2: You gave
3: in God oh, We Lost There were five episodes. Sideways? I don't think I even watched the last one. Oh no! It's okay. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. You didn't
4: miss anything.
5: Oh, you missed the big reveal at the end, <laughs> which we
4: can't was talk no about reveal. now. Yeah. <laughs> Toby said you could go back and you just go to the end and find out what happened. No, at the end you don't find out what happened. Yeah. Well,
5: you find you get a th- you get a theory. <laughs> yeah.
4: You get a theory. Look, I'm a thumbs down. I just thought it was too long, and you know, I think this is one we can finally say Lost in Translation. We've you know we've been pretty good about pushing ourselves. So let's. Do stuff that's in a you know a different language from English, and we'll get you know immersed in culture and stuff like that. And I just think the way this was put together, it was not meant for consumption by a, uh, an English-speaking audience. It just, I just could not. I, we do this for a living. I could not follow what was going on. And maybe they just thought, like so many people that in in uh, Scandinavia were so familiar with the case that they didn't need to do any uh, Nutby one hundred and one, but they. They really did. So I'm a down. Sorry.
2: Yeah. I hate to give this a worse grade than In God We Lust. I do. But I also have to give it a thumbs down. A, I fell asleep during every episode, which says a lot because I can tolerate a lot. I'm like Laura. I can watch almost anything. There's also just a huge missed opportunity here. One of the things I think about all the time when I think about like Scandinavian true crime is "Hunting Warhead." That remember that Canadian podcast from the CBC, which mm-hmm. you know went to Scandinavia and they sort of used that investigation and they used a lot of the sort of Scandi noir, sort of like drawn out sort of storytelling techniques to tell that story, and it just really worked. There is so much about the genre they they basically invented in that part of the world. That should infuse a documentary like this. And I know there must be truly great Scandinavian true crime documentaries. There must be. This was not one of them. It could have been. It was structured completely wrong. We should have gotten the murder And then gotten the cult story and then gotten back into the murder story and the investigation and the twists and turns. I had no idea this was a cult until like episode three. And that is a problem because the cult should have been the main part of the story. So I'm sorry. I really wanted to like this. All the ingredients were there, but it was cooked at the fucking wrong temperature And I fell asleep during every episode, and and for that reason alone, I have to give it a thumbs down.
6: Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Era's Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com
0: for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or
1: less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7.
2: Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime Crime of the week. The week. Who drew the dicks? It was Jeff Upson, a handyman from New Zealand who's been spray painting dicks on the road around unfilled potholes. He's been doing it for three years, tagging damaged infrastructure with giant green penises because the highway department might not make a priority about fixing a pothole They will rush, however, to repair a 20-foot lime-colored schlong in the middle of the street. Upson (laughs) says he's been doing this to bring attention to the area's failing infrastructure, going through at least $400 in spray paint every year and instigating at least 100 road repairs. Now that he's been outed, Auckland officials want to fine him for distracting drivers with his art and make him pay for the cost of all the repairs. It just goes to show you can't fix anything by plugging a hole with a green dick. So panel, question for you. This junk drawer says he's been improving public safety. What is the next public service this New Zealand vandal will perform? Laura
3: Bricker, what do you think? Oh boy. Um, I mean, I feel like either he's going to be handing out condoms or he's going to be making like turtle crossing signs or something. I mean, it could run the gamut. I- I'm not sure where he's going to land. Toybo, what do you think? What other public service could this guy be performing?
5: I was thinking of hanging used condoms from unpruned shrubs. Perfect. Oh,
2: Kevin Flynn, what do you think?
5: I think he's going to drop bibs on speed bumps.
2: Guys, I have two words for you. Yeah. Ball hair.
4: Where's the ball hairs? <laughs> By the way, shouldn't it be a camel toe in the pothole? Wouldn't that be more appropriate than a <laughs> oh. dick? <laughs> all no,
3: right, all we right. should probably
2: end on that note. But before we do, Lara Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this
3: week? <coughs> oh, we do have a cat of the week this week. The cat of the week is Fartsy. And yes, Fartsy. That's a real Farts- cat name? That's Fartsy, and Fartsy was named for just the reason that you're thinking he was named that. <laughs> so Fartsy comes to us from Deanna, who on Twitter is Lemonberry32, and it's her mom's cat. And Fartsy knew her mom has not been feeling well, and decided to bring her a little protein pick me up, which is a mouse at the nice. There you go. Oh, look at that picture. That's a real. That's a that's a proper mouse. Oh, nice. Oh no, it's like Fartsy was was doing a good job. So I mean, that's probably why. He's got the fartsy issue because yeah. he's eating all that protein. So, you know, it's like the people that go on keto. So, anyway, it's just like a, it's all that whey protein. It just like works its way through you, right? Yeah, yeah. But I love the picture. It reminds me of my Felix who used to do that with the birds until I, uh, Got the lacrosse stick and saved the birds.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to send your pets or cats of the week to this show, you can send them to crime writers on at gmail.com or you can tweet them directly to our fine Lara Bricker. Lara Bricker, how can folks find you on the internet? At Lara Bricker on Twitter. And Toby Ball, folks want to reach out to you on Twitter and ask you questions about UFOs and why the fuck you don't believe in them. How can they find you there?
5: At Toby Ball NH.
2: And Kevin Flynn, if folks want to reach out to you and thank you for your service in recapping the episodes of Pray, Obey, Kill that I fell asleep during, how can they find you on Twitter?
5: I'm
4: at Kevin P. Flynn.
2: And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at RebLavoy. You can also follow the show on Twitter at CrimeWritersOn, and I encourage you to join our truly amazing community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. There are some celebrities there, by the way. They sometimes drop in. We also have a regular old Facebook page, but that's just an entree to the group. You really want the group support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media and you will get the crime writers on after show right now plus married with podcast our advice show Lara brickers leave it to bricker podcast and toby ball's deep dive book club podcast our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the incredibly handsome Olivia Burdett. Our executive producer is Kevin Flynn. Yeah. This show was recorded in the ogle loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as the closet in our New Hampshire basement, where we share our menage a trois carnival ice cream dessert. With no one outside the bonds of holy matrimony. bet. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you... Later. Later. Pause. She's lagging. Do you hear that? Yes. Laura, you sound like you are in slow motion.
5: Yeah, it's your stupid Wi-Fi.
4: You
2: need to log off.
5: It's like Elizabeth Holmes.
2: Look at her. She sounds like Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah.
5: that? One drop of blood. Is all it, <laughs> yeah. takes. It, doesn't it,
2: doesn't it doesn't matter. She's gonna go yell at Will. Uh, no, she's go yeah. Well, I do love it. It's hardwire.
5: too
3: bad because I mean this, this is a Laura case Bricker. that I was obsessed Hello. with. Hey Laura, and- remember
4: when we sent you that hardwire four years ago and we said here use this when you're doing your podcast? <laughs> Still have it okay. around or is it in an envelope?
3: <laughs> let me go hard. Let me go hardwire in. Hold hit. on.